Welcome in to another edition of Divorce Force Podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm very excited to introduce the next guest from the culinary world. He started out as the sous chef for the Washington football team and is now the executive chef for the organization. Please welcome Connor McGuire, everybody. Thanks a lot, Adam. It's great to join you here today. This is going to be a, a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Excited to have you on. And, you know, you started with the organization back in 2013 as their sous chef. Um, So I want to start out by where did, you know, food and cooking start out for you or become a passion? Was that something that, you know, was other family members doing as well? Or how'd that become a passion for you? Sure, sure. It's a a good question. I, um, it probably started around high school and with seeing my mom cook a lot of family meals for my, bro- <laughs> my brothers and my dad and I. Um, and then also going to visit her side of the family in Youngstown, Ohio, where my grandma would cook constantly. Um, and my mom comes <laughs> from a big Italian family. So we'd get there and she'd immediately be like shoving pizza and sandwiches <laughs> and cookies and all the different snacks and stuff into our face. And they, why do you guys look so skinny? Are they not feeding you down there in Washington? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and, and so, you know, seeing my grandma, especially on Sunday afternoons, cook uh, for like a big family uh, picnic or big family lunch, where, you know, the neighbors were invited, friends, all the aunts, uncles, cousins, and kind of seeing her and my mom and my mom's sister put that together when we would go visit her, it got me, you know, inspired me to think, wow, this is something that can make people happy. Because everyone there was always smiling. Everyone there was always <laughs> full, telling stories and stuff. And it was just a great time. And I thought, wow, this this is such a great thing to be a part of or to, you know, try to try to do to, to make someone a little bit happier. for Even if it's for 30 minutes, an hour, two hours <laughs> or whatever. Um, so kind of viewing that... And in high school, starting to experiment a little, you know, not doing anything crazy, but you know, <laughs> following directions on, you know, a box of rice aroni or something like that, um, trying to, to cook things like that. And then as I got into college, um, I went to Virginia Tech and we would do a lot of tailgating for football games. So <laughs> I would try to, um, you know, take part in a lot of that. I, I you know, got a smoker for Christmas one year and smoking <laughs> briskets and pork butt and ribs and, uh, you know, just cooking weekday dinners for friends and stuff down at college. And again, it, I, I saw how happy it made people. People were full. They liked it. It was a good, you know, time to be around and, and enjoy each other's company. So I thought, okay, maybe I try this as a career or something. And so mm-hmm. after, after college, after I graduated, I decided to just go into a restaurant and start from the, the bottom and kind of try to work my way up. Um, so I, I started out at a restaurant called uh, Restaurant Michelle. It was in the Ritz-Carlton and Tyson's Corner. Nice. And it was, uh, it was a brand new restaurant when I joined the team. And I joined as a prep cook. And I stayed there the entire length of the restaurant. It only lasted about 16 or 18 months. Oh, wow. (laughs) So I was on the opening and closing team. But, you know, while there, I learned an an incredible amount. And I I met a lot of, you know, people that would shape my career going forward. And it it was, you know, invaluable starting 
as just basically someone who would pick parsley leaves off of parsley <laughs> or dice an onion or peel potatoes and working my way up through garmage, which is the cold appetizer station or, or salad station, if you will, um, to, a, you know, dip the different stations on the hotline, entrementier, uh, the chef de partie of the, the meat station and the fish station. And by the time we closed, I was, you know, almost ready to become a, a junior sous chef, if you will, for that restaurant. And unfortunately, we just couldn't do the business or keep, you know, keep the business that we needed to stay afloat. Um, and, and so after that restaurant closed, I took some time to kind of figure out my next step. And, and at the time, I was deciding if I really wanted to actually be cooking anymore because as much as I loved it the grind when you're a cook is very tough it's (laughs) you're over a hot stove for 12 hours a day you're on your feet you're working you know nights and weekends when your friends are out there partying you're stuck in the kitchen cooking and stuff and it was, you know, you'd burn yourself and the, it wouldn't heal for like weeks at a time because you would just keep accidentally putting salt or something in it and it would just would never heal. So I was like, is this, is this what I want for the rest of my life? And I ended up getting an opportunity to go into a restaurant named Polena, which at the time was like in the, one of the top restaurants in the city and the, the, <laughs> the, around the area. And I was like, I'm going to give this one more shot because this is my dream restaurant. It's such an amazing restaurant. And again, I wanted to go back and start at the beginning and, and work my way up. So three weeks into working there, I actually was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And I had to, uh, I had to quit uh, mm. be- because I was just in so much pain. I couldn't eat. I could barely get out of bed. Um, and, and it, you know, it put me down for a long time. And uh, it was it was a bummer and because I, I really wanted to you know, grow with that restaurant. But it also kind of you know, brought me back to the decision of, OK, I need to like focus on my health now and, and figure out what I want to do next. So during the time when I was recovering, um, I got a part time job at a restaurant called BLT Steak. And it was just to go in there and help the general manager with some odds and ends things help the, you know, figure out the tip situation for the servers, make phone calls if an oven or a, you know, walk-in cooler went down to the repair person, set up the scheduling and stuff like that. And I got that position because my chef um, from Michelle, his name is John Matheson, he was the executive chef at BLT Steak. And he said, why don't you just come work in the office for a little bit while you figure things out? And it was, you know, a blessing that he gave me that opportunity and, and thought that, okay, let's, you know, until you figure out your life, just come on and, and make some money at least. So I did that for about a year and I, and I ended up growing the position and eventually it became full time. Um, but right around a year, the chef of BLT steak got a call from the Washington football team, the, the organization to come and be their executive chef. And they had just built a brand new kitchen. It was state of the art. It was <laughs> as nice as any kitchen I've, I'd been in. And I'd been in two or three very, very nice kitchens at that point <laughs> in my short career. And um, I had, you know, kept up a great relationship with, with my chef at BLT Steak. And he asked if I wanted to come aboard and be his sous chef. 
And I, I was, it was a tough decision because I was like, wow, this is getting back into the world where I'm not sure I want to be in. But on the other hand, this is a really cool opportunity for, you know, working for a football team. And I grew up in D.C. and, and loved the football team uh, while I was growing up. And I thought, OK, I mean, I got to do it, even if it's just for a year. Yeah, and the rest I, is history, right? And the rest is history, exactly. <laughs> I, I love that. And and you touch on some key points there. Um, what do you think the most challenging part was to still, no matter what you were doing, whether you were in uh, the business of making food for other people or even outside, maybe not directly making food, but doing a role that was not directly related but you never gave up and you were able to push through uh you know those early challenges to really get you to that next step what what do you think you did different or kept that positive mindset going for you yeah that's that's a great question and i i wish i could bottle what i did (laughs) even even know what i did but i'm not sure i I fully grasped uh exactly what happened i think what you know i just stayed focused i i had a goal in mind especially at the beginning when i was Mm. just getting into the industry of and my goal was i want to be the best chef in america and i was like and i'll do anything to to get to that point i just read this amazing book um called soul of a chef and it it, it was is a three part you know book where it talks the last part talks about this this amazing chef from yountville or that that has a restaurant in yountville california thomas keller and about when he opened up the french laundry which for a long run was like the number one restaurant almost in the world. And I was like, I want to be the head chef of the French laundry. <laughs> and like within a week of getting into the restaurant, I was like, okay, my goal has changed a little bit. because <laughs> I just see how talented all these people around me are. And I'm not sure I can make it, but I knew that, um, you know, I still wanted to, to progress and be the best that I could be. And it was just keeping my head down and working hard and, and observe absorbing as much information as I could. I, you know, I tried to be a sponge and picked up any little bit of information from another prep cook, from a dishwasher, from a line cook, from a sous chef and from the executive chef, just to keep learning and learning and learning. And I think kind of with that attitude, um, I was able to, to grow just, you know, learning and then putting that into action and kind of continuing on that way. I love that. And, and talk about the art of, being a chef and you know in your role now where you're dealing with uh, multiple meals throughout <laughs> the day and different you know uh taste you know players have a lot of different tastes so how would you describe the art of being a chef and you know talk about that piece as well yeah absolutely and that's that's a great question and great point that I do have a lot of different mouths to feed with a lot of different palates, you know, coming from all over the country. So it's, it's definitely difficult figuring out uh, items to feed and to make everyone happy. And it, it's, it's the only way I can describe it is it's a balance. You're, you've, you've got to balance everything together. And that's kind of the way myself and the dietitian for the team approach uh, the nutrition of the meals is we can just keep it balanced because you can't serve steamed broccoli and quinoa and, you know, (laughs) grilled chicken every single meal, or you'll have, you know, people revolting. So we, you know, we do some fun stuff. We, um, we don't deep fry anything, but we'll, 
we'll take skin on chicken thighs and lightly bread just the, the skin and sear it on a flat top and roast it off so it's like super crispy and it's our faux fried chicken. Or we, we, you know, we make pizzas every day and we do homemade dough and marinara and we've got a, a great pizza oven, this big hearth, it's, it gets up to about 700 degrees <laughs> and we, we cook pizza and I don't, you know, I don't try to skimp on going low fat cheese or anything. Um, we just do thin crust. We do fresh marinara. We do fresh ingredients with vegetables and, and um, you know, Italian sausage and chicken sausage and even pepperoni. And we just try to make sure that, again, it's a balance of, okay, they, under, they, they see pizza, they like pizza, they like pepperoni pizza. Okay, if we put some spinach on a pepperoni pizza, will they eat it? Okay, <laughs> some days we'll just do pepperoni pizza and they'll love it. So, and, and the other thing that is like really key for making sure everyone is happy there is we give um, a, a variety of different foods on each day. So we don't just have one main entree that's like, if you don't eat this, you're not eating. We do pastas, we do stir fried rices and noodles. <laughs> um, we do multiple proteins, we do salads, we do pizza, sandwiches, um, and, and all different things each day. So someone will be able to find something to eat on, on any given day. Yeah, and I can imagine there's a lot of food and a lot of, um, you know, pounds that are coming in on those truckloads, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, certainly chicken is, is the main poundage we go through. It's, uh, we go through so much chicken, it's unbelievable. And it's, um, you know, it, and we're doing a different menu every single day. So if we have chicken breasts on a Tuesday, we get it in on Monday and it's gone by Tuesday and <laughs> a new protein that's coming in that Tuesday or Wednesday uh, for the next day. So it's like the, the, our walk-in cooler is like packed and then empty and then packed <laughs> and then empty. And it's with so much, you know, different uh, meats and fish and vegetables and stuff. And it's, you know, each, each day, we're doing if we're doing asparagus we're doing like 60 pounds of asparagus for just one day and then we move on and then we'll do <laughs> 45 pounds of broccoli and then we'll move on and, and and so forth and so it's it's definitely a lot of food and definitely different than you know even cooking for a restaurant um mm -hmm. where we may have 120 covers on a, on a normal night and then on the for the team there you know some days it may only be 100 but I'm feeding like it's uh, 250 because <laughs> I have to assume that everyone's taking, you know, one and a half to two meals. Uh, and it's definitely a, a different experience and thought than in a restaurant for sure. Yeah, definitely. And how has, you know, the role evolved? I mean, especially with technology and also like player awareness. I mean, nowadays, you know, they have all this technology and all these, you know, wearable devices to make them aware of staying fit, staying healthy throughout their time, not only during the season, but off season as well. So how has that evolved, you know, over time since uh, you've been with the organization? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's definitely evolved since, you know, my first day there. <laughs> and we have a, we have a great dietitian, <laughs> Jake Sankel, who's also an assistant strength coach. He kind of has dual rules roles um and he he tracks so much with the players he tracks their um hydration he tracks their body fat and he, he's like constantly testing 
different things to, you know, mark it down to see if they're losing um, fat or gaining fat or muscle or if their hydration's key or not. And he'll communicate a lot of that to me to, you know, if I see a guy coming down for lunch, be like, hey, you know, Jake said that you need to slim down a little bit this week. Um, here, here's a plate with just fish and vegetables. Why don't you go with that? Or in, in reverse, uh, hey, you know, you're not, you're not making weight. You're, you're a little bit <laughs> under. Let's, let's double up the protein. Let's get you, you know, a couple of pastas. Get, <laughs> try to get you bulked up a little bit for the week. And it's, you know, it, it, it and honestly, it changes almost week to week based on who you're playing and position to position because. I mean, there could be a guy at a running back that, or, or let's say a safety that's going up against a huge running back that needs to uh, bulk up for that week or, or, or a quick running back that needs to slim down a little bit for that week. So it's, it's amazing the technology that goes into these guys eating. Yeah, for sure. And, and talk about, obviously, uh, being in the DMV area. We have, you know, uh, a lot, you know, it's a, a prominent area for the food industry. Uh, so talk about how that has helped, um, not only in your role uh, to help the players maintain a healthy lifestyle, but, um, you know, your your role as well and, you know, the way you cook and prepare the meals. Yeah, it's been insanely um, <laughs> important for, yeah. for me growing up in this area and, and insanely important for my career you know, trying to do new things in different techniques and different styles of cuisines to keep these guys' appetites um, interested. Because, you you know, if you only have 15 to 20 dishes in your repertoire, they're going to get bored after <laughs> two months. They're like, yeah, we've seen this already all the time. So, I, you know, I make it a point to make sure I try as many different restaurants and shops that I can to constantly gain ideas for you know, different dishes and different meals. And it's because we're in DC and it's such a diverse area and, and, you know, Virginia and Maryland and the surrounding areas, you get everything here. You get every cuisine you can imagine. And it's, it's amazing. And it's like, you've visited, you know, that country or that region. And, and it's a very invaluable, you know, um, device or I guess to have, and it's, it's been super, super helpful just because we do all sorts of cuisines. We don't, you know, we do Thai and Vietnamese <laughs> and, and Latin American and Mexican and different Europeans or like Belgium. And, and we'll, we'll go region to region or even country to country, even within a, a certain continent. And it, that's been so helpful. Yeah, for sure. And what has been uh, the biggest compliment uh, to one of your meals? <laughs> Uh, that you can remember. I'm sure you get a ton of them on a daily basis, but uh, if you can remember, what's been one of your favorite compliments that you got? Yeah, absolutely. And there's definitely <laughs> one that sticks out, and I'm going to call this this player out. It was Logan <laughs> Logan Paulson, who is an old tight end for the team. Nice. And he, uh, it was maybe two years in, and he goes, he's like, Connor, I, I got to tell you, you've completely changed my palate. I used to be able to eat food out of the garbage can and it would be like <laughs> fine. Now I'm going home and I'm telling my wife, no, you can't put it, put that in there. Chef Connor does it different or whatever. <laughs> and it's like amazing to know that I've, I've changed someone, someone's palate from, you know, the time I've been there to, to now 
where it, it's completely different. They'll they'll like certain things that they didn't like before or reverse. So they'll be like, I used to be able to eat any bland, you know, piece of broccoli, but now <laughs> you roast it with garlic and olive oil and, and different spices. I can't eat broccoli just steamed or boiled like that. <laughs> so that's that's really cool to know that I've had kind of that influence on, on some of these guys' lives. Yeah, for sure. And talk about the preparation. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of prep. Uh, that goes into meal planning and so forth. So how do you balance that uh, with the execution of the meal? And, um, you know, where's how do you balance that to make sure that uh, the preparation is there as well? Yeah, and uh, and that's a good question as well. And it, it definitely starts with my team because obviously mm-hmm. I, I, I cannot do this alone. It'd be impossible, <laughs> uh, the, the amount of mouths <laughs> I have to feed. So I have an, I have an amazing team with me. I have great sous chefs and, and line cooks and prep cooks and dishwashers that that help and are my you know second third fourth fifth pair you know pair of eyes and ears and and put a lot of my planning and my sous chefs planning into action and and even you know my policy is i i want to get input from everyone so if a prep cook has an idea for a dish, I'm, uh, let's go with it. You know, we have a lot of Hondurans and Sal- Salvadorians in, in our kitchen, and I want to do meals that they grew up eating. And I want to, you know, see if the players will like that and the coaches and stuff. And 99% of the time, they do. They love it. And it's great <laughs> to see, you know, and to get input from everyone. And that's, you know, that's been a huge reliance that I've had is an or- open-door policy to – put whatever you want out there and and try to make it, you know, and again, because we're doing a completely different meal every single day, I, I, you know, if my pasta cook who has to do a new sauce, a new protein, a new pasta every day, they get to come up with it, you know, that day, if they want to change what we had planned um, on a Wednesday morning and say, Hey, you know, I know we had a tomato based sauce, but we have this leftover, you know, chicken stock that I want to do a, you know, an herb velute or something like that. And it's like, yeah, let's go with it, run with it. Show, you know, let's, let's lay out the plan and, and execute it. And that's been uh, amazing to, you know, see that and it helps the cooks grow. And it's been amazing to see them grow and learn different techniques and come up with different ideas um, throughout their tenure with me. And it's, so it's definitely my team and I, I would could never take all the credit and I should probably get the least amount of credit because they're doing so much of the work and they're putting such a hard effort into it. That's awesome. It's, it's a team effort all over your round for sure. Um, talk about the ingredients and how important that is to a meal and how much thought goes into that when making meal decisions. Yeah, the ingredients are everything for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and start getting started out in kind of high end restaurants, you see very quickly how to take care of the different ingredients, whether it's, you know, keeping asparagus upright in the walk-in cooler <laughs> and water because it's really a flower and you need to treat it as a flower or keeping when you bring in a whole fish stacking you know the way you put it in the ice you put it in instead of lying on its side or laying on its side you you try to put it face up because that's the way the fish swims and you could damage the meat um if you have on one side if you have it laying on its side so the you know i bring that mentality to this kitchen obviously we're not doing 
fine dining food and, mm-hmm. and plating in the fine dining uh, way. But I, you know, I want to treat my ingredients the same exact way. And I want to be very careful about everything we choose and everything we accept from deliveries. And it's, you know, everything we do is, is for the end result, which is a, a meal that tastes good and nourishes the players on the field, on and off the field. Um, and, and so that's kind of my philosophy is, you know, the players will get the nutrition if we take the right ingredients and, and, and treat them right and get them to eat it. Because any, any home cooked meal is better for the players than any fast food meal is kind of <laughs> almost the, the saying or my philosophy is as long as they're eating what we're cooking because it's freshly prepared, we take whole ingredients and we break them down ourselves, then they're getting the right nutrition. Now, obviously a little bit more goes into it than that. <laughs> we, we, we do a little bit more in, in terms of building the plate for carbs versus protein versus, you know, vegetables and, and fats. Um, but it's, it all starts with the ingredients and treating them with respect because every ingredient that comes into our kitchen was at one point alive and, and breathing. Um, and it's, we, we like to treat it that way. And it's, you know, every ingredient that comes in was, there was a lot of effort to get it to our <laughs> kitchen and onto the plate, not just by myself or, or my team, but the farmer that grew it, the, the company that packed it and transported it, you know, the truck drivers, the, the company that brought that, the, that product in and, and distribute it to the, you know, to us. And then they're, they're truck drivers and everything. So we don't want to you know, make all their effort a waste and throw away something, um, you, you know, just cause we, it's like, eh, we want to make sure that we, we put all their effort to good use and make sure that the players, you know, get the best that they can get and, and really enjoy the meal and, and make sure it's helping them on the field as well. Sure. And I love it. And how for your position, how do you how does the team and yourself handle, uh, you know, things that might be uh, shorted or things that might be not available or out of stock when you're placing an order? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, because right now it is not easy to find a lot of ingredients and many <laughs> Restaurants and, and vendors and distribution center, centers are struggling to get, um, you know, items that used to be plentiful and getting them to restaurants. So it's lucky that I don't necessarily sell food or I don't have an item on a menu that has to be there every single day. So I can make changes any time during the process that I want. And it happens all the time. We'll make changes to entire meals the morning of entire lunches three hours before and say okay now we're we're gonna we don't want to forget the the chicken breast that came in wasn't good or we didn't it didn't arrive so thank goodness we also ordered chicken thighs for the next day all right we're gonna make a switch we're doing chicken thighs on on tuesday we're gonna do chicken breast on on wednesday and let's roll with it and it's it has to be a snap decision it's you know a couple seconds to a couple minutes to think about it because time is very precious when you're cooking for that much. But uh, um, again, it's, it's lucky that, you know, yes, I send out a menu each week, but I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't have to stick to it. I can, I can make the, I can make the adjustments as needed. 
And that's been, that's been crucial and very helpful. And I'm going to say the vendors have done an amazing job at getting most of what we order in there. We have very little problems um, and, and them being completely, um, you know, accommodating (laughs) has been huge and, and talking with them to know what may be short coming up, whether it's a vegetable or or a protein, what the prices may be and and getting all the information I can from different sales reps and vendors to make the, you know, proper decisions to make sure that we aren't getting food shorted. Yeah, for sure. And given that um, the food industry was impacted tremendous last year, um, obviously, uh, the season still went on, and I think every sports organization and sports league did a great job of handling COVID and the pandemic, and uh, particularly also in the community as well. So what are you most proud of uh, on the culinary side that you guys were able to accomplish uh, despite even crazy challenges of, uh, of last year? Yeah. Um, I mean, my team did an amazing job of making sure that we follow the protocols to the T. I mean, you were not in the building without a mask. We were making sure we were six feet apart. We would set up cutting boards uh, six feet apart from each other for the prep cooks. Um, you know, we all wore tracers that every NFL team had. And you with you know, if it was within 10 minutes of you standing near someone, it would start to blink. And it was like, all right, let's move away. Let's, let's switch it up. Let's change up. And, um, it was, it was absolutely amazing job by then because we got through the whole season with no issues. We, (laughs) no issues with meals or anything like that. And my, my team and, and especially our athletic trainer who put a lot of these procedures in place, um, Ryan Vermillion, he did a, a just an outstanding job making sure that, you know, our building was kept safe because, you know, I believe we were one of the least um, the buildings with the least infected, you know, uh, amount from COVID this past year. And it's that's awesome. It's a testament to everyone <laughs> in that building of doing the right thing and making sure we stayed, um, you know, within the procedures. Yeah, that's fantastic you know you have to be safe and you know it definitely uh a team effort for sure uh so talk about uh experience with uh different players and and opposing teams or even experience with players coming up from college and what they might think with their either college uh cafeteria or even <laughs> uh opposing players coming and experience your uh your gift and uh, your meals that uh, they get to experience as well. Sure. So, <laughs> um, so we, l- luckily we don't, we don't have to feed opposing teams. Uh, <laughs> they, they get fed by their hotel that they stay in the, the night before the game, <laughs> but it's, it's funny and it's fun to interact with the rookies when they first come in. Cause we do it, <laughs> we do it very different than uh, college programs and our, you know, we, I have an amazing, amazing sous chefs and cooks that really put some great effort into making our food, you know, top notch and mm-hmm. of the best quality that it can be. And it's, it's amazing seeing some of these players, like their eyes light up to see the different foods that we serve and, and how mm-hmm. tasty it is. And it, it's also cool for the, you know, the rookies, you get to kind of see the progression throughout the years of, 
okay, when they first come in, are they just eating, are they just, you know, gravitating towards pasta and pizza because they're unsure about the fish or, okay, maybe they'll eat some chicken dishes, but stay away from different pork and different types of uh, the beef or whatever. And, and then year two, okay, they get a little, they get a little more intrigued by what we're doing. <laughs> oh, okay. Let me try the salmon. That, that's like the state. That's like the easy one that everyone goes. So, okay. We'll do, we'll, I'll start with salmon. And I'm like, don't worry by year four, you'll be eating every different type of fish I put out here. And, and sure enough, <laughs> you see so many, you know, rookies by their fourth, fifth, year they're trying anything and everything and it's it's awesome and it's really cool to see their progression and it's it's also great you know you say opposing teams sure we don't feed the whole team but you know players coming in from Mm -hmm. as free agents and it's to hear the compliments that they give us it's it's really a testament to how hard we work and and them saying this is you know, the best quality I've had in the entire NFL. This is amazing. We don't get this uh, X organization or Y organization. It's, it's amazing. And, and same thing with coaches. Cause I've, I've been there with a lot of different coaches and again, it, the compliments that we receive and it really just validates how hard we work to give them the meals to, to help everyone perform at their best. Yeah, for sure. And I love that, you know, compliments across the board is always important. So talk about, you know, the schedule, what that looks like. Um, Obviously, um, every day, every week is different. And I would imagine the off season is definitely different um, than the season. Uh, But talk about the differences, you know, for off season, you know, how training camp looks and then how the season is structured with them, you know, coming out to the practice facility and so forth. Sure. It's uh, the year is, is like a roller coaster. I tell <laughs> all new coming in cooks and sous chefs and dishwashers because the season's a marathon. It's it's a grind and it's um, it's it's long, but, it, you know, it's a lot more refreshing and a lot more fun when the team is winning. I'll, I'll tell you that much. And it, 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 you know, December's don't feel quite as dark and dim when you're fighting for a spot in the playoffs. Um, and then as the, as the, you know, season wraps up and we get into the off season, we get to relax a little bit. We get to breathe a little bit. You know, a lot of the players leave and go home to their hometown. We're not doing as many meals throughout the week, you know, we cut out dinners and we cut out Saturdays and Sundays. And so it's, it's more Monday to Friday, just breakfast and lunch. And uh, that's our time to, you know, experiment with new ideas and techniques and, and recipes and get ready for, the the sprint of the year which is when players come back for off-season uh, workouts <laughs> in april may and june uh because we're, we won't we're not, not quite doing as long of days as the season and it doesn't quite go as long but you get everyone back in you get all you know the the whole team of 90 plus guys that each team each team can have on their roster plus interns in different departments and you're feeding like 220 people and you feel like you have five minutes between breakfast and lunch to get the meals up and going. And so it's, it's like a sprint and you just rush, 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 rush. And then it ends in uh, mid June. And again, we get to relax a little bit. We get to uh, breathe and rejuvenate, <laughs> take some vacation time, really deep clean the kitchen 
and, and gear up for training camp, which is the start of that marathon, which you know, training camp's always fun in the beginning, but I feel like training camp in itself is like a whole season because especially <laughs> last year when we didn't have any uh, preseason games, every day was like the exact same day. It was like Groundhog's Day every day. <laughs> <laughs> like, when will this end? But then eventually you get into the regular season and into September and you start, you, you start to get in a groove and a rhythm and it becomes a lot of fun again. Yeah, for sure. And you talk about that marathon. Um, just how important is it to, you know, have a balance um, on, on yourself and to keep a balance of, you know, you want to perform the best every day and pre- pre- uh, have the best meals prepared for the players. And then also take some time for yourself and have that as well. Sure. Um, it's it's a tough it's a tough thing that I haven't figured out fully but <laughs> for myself at least. And, but what I tell my cooks and my sous chefs is take care of yourself first because you cannot take care of others. If you yourself are hurt or tired or dragging or, exactly. or whatnot, and it's, it's so important because it'd be, like you said, it's the seasons a grind and, and a marathon. And so we got to make sure that in September, we're just as top-notch shape as we are in December um, because every meal matters throughout the season. And, um, you know, it's, it's you got you to gotta take care of yourself. You got to take days off. You got to eat right. And that's definitely important as well. And it's nice that we're in the kitchen and you know, cooking the meals that we get to have ourselves. And it's, you know, these meals are performance-based to help, you know, everyone – perform at their best on the field but it's also to help the coaches perform the best during their late nights studying film and and creating the playbook and and also for the equipment you know managers that are doing different things in the equipment room and the trainers and and ourselves these meals got to nourish us as well to keep us doing you know make us be the best at our job that we can be and it's it's you know (laughs) it's easier said than done and so sometimes i may you know go go into the grind a little bit too much and i have to take a a step back and kind of meditate a little bit and work on some breathing exercises to relax and okay let's get back into it and, and things like that for sure and if you had to describe the environment within the kitchen if you had to describe it in one word what would you pick and why? Gordon Ramsay-ish. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, it's a great, great question. Family comes to mind. Um, you know, <laughs> we're very tight-knit in the kitchen, and I've had my staff with me, and many of them, for three-plus years. And nice. we've we've grown a lot together. And when – someone leaves for a better opportunity we promote from within i've done that with you know multiple people in in my kitchen and it's it's that testament of keeping the environment fun and light but also everyone knows they have a job to do and and to put their effort into it so you know, it's we're I guess we're like a family, and we because we a lot of times we're with each other more than we were with our own family. You know, the hours that we put in, and uh, it, it's great when you have team members that 
enjoy each other's company and work well with each other and understand, you know, the balance uh, in the ballet of working in a kitchen almost where move the movements of everyone is, is it has to be choreographed almost because, um, you know, we're working with hot things, we're working with really heavy things and sharp <laughs> knives Any wrong turn can send someone to the hospital. And it's definitely not what we want. So uh, it's, it's, uh, the dynamic is, is very family-ish, I'll say. That's awesome. I love it. And talk about, you know, what do you see uh, young chefs, whether it was yourself or just um, ones that you've seen over time since your career, what do you think uh, they find most challenging or struggle with the most? Man, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> it's it's I, I would say a lot of chefs have trouble adapting and, and innovating um, because our industry, it, it, I mean, right now it has to innovate and adapt because we're <laughs> in, in extraordinary times. But even in you know pre-pandemic the the scene is always changing and new ingredients and techniques are always coming into play and you gotta in in new technology as well which is a huge thing um and and more and more each year technology is playing a, a huge role in the kitchen and and trying to adapt to that and, and stay ahead and and keep up with that is crucial and it's important to keep you going and sustainable um so adaptability is, is definitely a key for for everyone um and and i think more than ever especially now is that balance that life work-life balance where so many chefs get burnt out and so many cooks get burnt out including myself when i was a cook really early or, or even you know not so early but before they want to because they just put everything every ounce of energy into their work and uh, again, it's not sustainable. And you got to find a way to relax, release stress, you know, get away from it, get your mind away from it. And, and that's really hard to do when you have a lot invested in it, especially when you're like a chef owner. And that, that, that restaurant is your, your child or, you know, it's everything to you. And a lot of chefs, you know, get too you know, too deep into it and it, it affects, you know, everything outside of their, their work life. And it, it's tough. And it's, you know, I see it happen all the time and us as an industry and we as an industry, we have to figure out a way to, you know, make it sustainable going forward. And it's a tough task that we all have to, you know, figure out. For sure. And definitely, I mean, obviously last year, uh, was challenging and I can, you know, definitely attest to that with uh, the challenging aspects uh, for sure. Uh, so talk about, you know, what you enjoy most uh, outside the kitchen, obviously besides watching, uh, <laughs> watching the football team on the field, but uh, what, what are some of your hobbies outside the kitchen? Sure. Um, well, I, I was telling you earlier that I just got back from a camping trip. <laughs> uh, so I love, I love doing things outside, camping, going for bike rides during COVID. It was a lot of long walks and <laughs> jogs outside. Um, so that's that. I mean, that helps for sure. Again, with the grind is kind of 
getting out in the sun, getting some exercise, getting your mind away from things. And, and then obviously just hanging out with friends and family is so crucial these days. And, and, you know, we see it more and more the longer, you know, this pandemic goes on is we need, we need that social interaction, especially mm-hmm. with our, our close, with our family and our, and our friends to, to really help, you know, release stress and, and, keep our dopamine levels up or or down or wherever they're supposed to be, but uh, making sure we, you know, we're happy and smiling and and laughing and joking. That's, that's definitely very important to me. I love that. I love that. Um, So if you had uh, the option, do you get to pick uh, the music selection in the kitchen? (laughs) Who has control over that? (laughs) Good question. That's usually my sous chef, Jerron Durrett. He's he's the best <laughs> DJ in the world. He he has a mix of every single genre of music you can imagine, and he <laughs> and he he wheels the the music very nicely. Every once in a while, I'll I'll put on some stuff when I'm <laughs> when I need a little pick me up of my own music. But I'm kind of into electronic dance music and and trance and house music and stuff. So. I don't, I don't force it on too many people, but every now and again, I'll, I'll put it on and force my prep cooks and dishwashers and stuff to, to bear my, you know, my music for a little bit. Nice. So if you had to pick a, if you had to pick a walkout song to run out of the tunnel, what would that be? Oh man, that is a great question. <laughs> uh, I, I, <laughs> I think it's got to be Avicii and it's got to be, oh man, I think my favorite song of his was, <laughs> this was before he was known as Avicii, but uh, <laughs> it, it was called Seek Bromance. And it's such an uplifting song to me nice. uh, that I, I I just get pumped for it every time. And I started listening to him way back in, in 2010 and 11. And uh, his, his music is just uplifting. And that song in particular is, is the best. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, any other advice, you know, for young professionals that want to get into cooking, want to be executive chefs in their upcoming future? You know, any more advice you'd like to share uh, for those individuals? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I, I, like I said which I did in my career is be a sponge, absorb as much information as you can um, and continue to learn and adapt. Don't, you know, once you get to that exec chef position, a lot of people will rest on their laurels or <laughs> say, Oh, I got here and I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to keep doing the same, the same dishes, but you got to keep tasting. you got to keep reading. you got to keep learning uh, as much as you can to adapt and, and continue on. And, you know, I, I read as much as possible different books and, and magazines and blogs um, and Twitter and Instagram and everything <laughs> to absorb as much, you know, ideas as I can. And, and also eating out at different restaurants and stuff, trying to find dishes that you like and you're like, oh, wow, this is, this tastes so good. Can I, <laughs> can I emulate it? Will the chef be mad if I try to emulate it? But, um, you know, just keeping an open mind to everything is, is key in our industry. Yeah, Connor, it's been a pleasure. If, you know, people want to reach out, ask you questions, what's the best way to do that? 
<laughs> That's a great question. I'm not really on much social media. <laughs> uh, hey man, you got a you got a busy schedule. You know, I got a lot a lot on your plate. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, you can LinkedIn me, I suppose, uh, Connor McGuire, and uh, you know, message me there. I may get back to you in a timely manner. I don't always <laughs> check it. I check it, but eventually I'll get back to you. So, yeah, if you have any questions, but I, I also I love you know teaching and interacting and, and giving as much of my wisdom, even if it is just a little, a little amount to as many people as I can. Connor, it's been a pleasure learning all about the food industry, cooking, and I can't wait to see what you have planned for uh, the season and the meal menu. I gotta get, I gotta get, uh, <laughs> I gotta get on that, on that meal, on that meal plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll have to invite you in once, uh, once it's COVID safe. Get you in here for a meal or two to experience what everything you've just listened to me talk about. <laughs> for sure, Connor. Well, I greatly appreciate it, and uh, you take care. You as well, Adam. I really appreciate the talk.